What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, June 24th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues, a.k.a. the verified one at Tim Gettys. Let Tim host. How you doing, Greg? I'm good. I'm still juiced off that Avengers stuff we watched. Big morning, you know. So much stuff happening. We had the Pokemon presentation. We had the Avengers thing. Now we're doing games daily. What'll happen next? And I enjoyed that Avengers thing so much. You, I'm sure you enjoyed Pokemon just as much. I'm excited to talk to you. Excited to talk to you about it here in a little bit. Because of course, ladies and gentlemen, this is kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com/slash kind of funny games with your questions, comments, concerns, and everything under the video game sun. Then, of course, on Patreon.com/slash kind of funny games, you can get the show ad free. You can get it with the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday. However, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no. No big deal. Head over to youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com, or podcast services around the globe each and every weekday. Get a brand new episode of the show. We love and appreciate you. Let's give you some housekeeping. Turns out you have more chances to hang out with us tonight at 6 p.m. Pacific, twitch.tv slash sadboybarrett. That's right, the boss baby himself, Barrett Courtney, is streaming to raise money for the Trevor Project. Uh, if he hits his goal, which is $100, he says, because I have a small Twitch following, I'm giving away SpongeBob on PS4 along with some of the things from the fun edition. So if you want to go support Sad Boy Barrett, twitch.tv slash sadboybarrett, 6 p.m. tonight, of course, Wednesday the 24th, uh, all raising money for the Trevor Project. Good on you, Barrett. Do you know uh, what remember, fun stands for, Greg? Uh, fucking unbelievable nuts. F is for friends who do stuff together. U is for you and me. N is for anything. It really sounded like a transmission of you, like a plane going down. <laughs> You're like, why did I do that? <laughs> Uh, tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, Cyberpunk 2077 makes its long-awaited presentation. It'll be happening at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can watch live on twitch.tv slash games with us. I can confirm, of course, Blessing is playing Cyberpunk early. He will be able to talk about that tomorrow as well. We will do it as a post-show. So you can watch it, of course, twitch.tv slash games live. You can watch it later on youtube.com slash games. I assume the post-show is going up as some kind of Gamescast special, Tim. Is that right? It'll be a first impressions. Ah, where can they get those? Um, they can get those on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or by going to your favorite podcast service and searching searching for kind of funny first impressions. There is a glitch right now that for whatever reason, the album art might show up as Jared Petty's face from debatable. Um, but the, I think the more people that subscribe and go to the thing to like and listen to the actual first impression stuff, it'll eventually change over. And uh, that'd be very appreciated and helpful. We could really use your help, guys. Because yeah. we've been haunted by Jared Petty's ghost for far too long. And his face, right? this you orange know? background and his beautiful round He face. did like two episodes of Debatable. <laughs> and here he is still branded <laughs> out there, ruining everything for us. If you could help us, that'd be great. Go over there. Like the shows. Subscribe. All that jazz. People uh, understand they see the First Impressions logo. So, hey. I yeah, but it's it, well. Yeah, you know how the internet is, though. Like I assure you that there's other glitches and things. I know Podbean's weird. Somebody wrote in about that not doing this thing. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. I think the easiest way is you guys just come over and sit in my house while we podcast. Wouldn't that be mm-hmm. great? <laughs> just do great. that. You could sit right there. Portillo will hang out with you. You know what I mean? Jen has to hear these episodes every time. You know what I mean? Hi, Jen. I don't know if she can't hear me, but she can yeah. Tim it. says hi. Hi, Tim. Two p.m. Yes. You have a phone call apparently with Papa Jen. Yeah, Did you know I this? Do. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what p.m. am I getting my coffee? Damn. Please? Please. Will she? I, she said she'd finish. I said, if I suck the coffee, will you finish the coffee? <laughs> will, she, like, yes. will she be giving Tim more information about bug snacks and what they're all called? If you didn't watch PS I Love You XOXO, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the recent episode starts as Bug Snacks uh, XOXO. And uh, we had a Papa Agenda representative in the back that we shouted questions at that she occasionally answered. Wow. That's, great. That's, that's how you get the exclusives around here. You know, I, 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 that's what I like. Snack exclusives. You know, since, of course, I am married, Jen. I love my life. And, you know, we've always talked about keeping the line between our, relation, our professional relationship and our, obviously, marital relationship uh, professional. And not, you know, I, I don't know anything she's working on usually until it actually happens. It's a big surprise for me, yada, yada, yada. But actually having Pop Agenda in the house has been very helpful for this uh, PlayStation exclusive bug snacks that we can turn around on our PlayStation show and shout questions at her. Does she answer them all? No, of course not. She's what I like to call a slimy PR person. You know what I mean? Mm. They don't answer your questions directly. They slither out of them. They don't want to do it. Like, a, do, bug. like a little bug. 
like a bug. Uh, t- did I do the Patreon producers? No. I was gearing up for it. I'm having a hell of a show already, guys. All right, you know what I mean? Hold on. Kebab's got a correction for me, of course. Uh, Greg was correct. Jared did exactly three episodes of Debatable before leaving for Stadia. Coward. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed Mohammed, a.k.a. Momo, Connor Nolan, a.k.a. Connor Dowell, <laughs> and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Purple Mattress, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Six items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. So we start with a serious topic happening right now in the video game industry, and that is abuse of power. Um, the where We'll start with this most, I guess, pressing example that just happened while we were live doing the Avengers. Uh, Ashraf Ismail, who you know from the Assassin's Creed uh, series and was the creative director of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, posted the following. I am stepping down from my beloved project to properly deal with the personal issues in my life. The lives of my family and my own are shattered. I am deeply sorry to everyone hurt in this. There are hundreds of talented, passionate people striving to build an experience for you that do not deserve to be associated with this. I wish them all the best. Uh, What he's referring to is that a few days ago, I believe on the 21st, so three days ago, right? Um, a woman on Twitter uh, put up that she was dating him and that, or had been dating him at some point in time. I'm not up on all the details, but had been dating him and he had totally lied about being married and that he had lied to her, started this relationship, totally done, done this stuff. Yeah, I'm looking at her thing right now and I don't want to put her on blast in any way, shape or form, obviously. But obviously she put that up, that made waves and now Ashraf is stepping down from uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla as the creative director. What this is a good lead into is the news story from one Jason Schreier at Bloomberg. Sexual misconduct allegations are rocking video games right now. Dozens of women took to social media over the past few days to outline explosive allegations against prominent men in the world of video gaming and streaming, setting the stage for what could be the beginning of a hashtag MeToo reckoning for the $150 video game industry. Excuse me. Four women leveled accusations of sexual misconduct against Chris Avalone, a critically acclaimed video game writer, leading one developer to end its cooperation with him and prompting him to part ways with another game in the works. A different woman accused Omid Duranian, uh, the chief executive officer of Online Performers Group, a talent agency that works with uh, many video game streamers, of making an unwelcome sexual overture. Uh, Durrani uh, resigned from his position on Sunday. Some streamers began calling a for a blackout Wednesday of Twitch.com, I'm sorry, Amazon.com Incorporated's Twitch, the biggest game streaming platform, alleging that it turns a blind eye to misbehavior. The gaming industry has been has been for years criticized for. Um, The gaming industry has, for years, been criticized as unwelcoming, if not hostile to women. Uh, But that has not yet, but has not yet faced the Me Too movement on the same scale as Hollywood and other industries. This week's flurry of postings was unique in terms of its volume and public nature, and it has sent ripples across the industry. Accusations began appearing on Twitter late Friday night, and each new post emboldened uh, other women to publicly share their stories. Many of the postings about the men accused of misconduct were subsequently compiled into a thread on Medium. Some of the people identified in the postings have denied wrongdoings, while others have apologized for their behavior. Many were not identified by their legal names, but by their names as they are known on social media. Some of the most detailed allegations were brought against Avalon, uh, who replied on Twitter to one of the women. Carissa saying he quote never meant any harm to her or a friend or to her or a friend of hers uh, that he had dated quote if I can't do anything to apologize for it I understand and there's nothing more to be done end quote uh, Carissa who spoke to Bloomberg News about the allegations declined to give her last name for fear of harassment Avalon uh, who has written who has written for popular games such as Planetscape Torment and Fallout New Vegas, was a founder and co-owner of the video game studio Obsidian Entertainment from 2003 until 2015. Since then, he has been a freelance designer and writer on games including Prey and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. His work as a writer has been lauded by fans and critics. Industry publication Game Developer Magazine listed him as one of the field's top writers in 2009. In interviews with Bloomberg News, two women shared similar but separate stories about Avalon, buying a continuous stream of drinks for them and others at events and then making unwanted sexual advances on the two women. The women's accusations have had real-world uh, implications for Avalon, tech, Techland, 
Oh, I see. Sorry. Avalon. Techland, a Polish game developer, said Monday on Twitter it had planned to stop working with Avalon, who was part of the narrative team for the company's next game, Dying Light 2. And Emily Grace Buck, the lead writer of The Waylanders, uh, has since said Avalon is no longer working on the project and that she would, quote, take an extra look at his work. Uh, that's Jason's story, condensed as always. Of course, Jason Schreier doing uh, great reporting out there, and there's a mu- much more details, uh, way more details, too, about the streaming guy who I don't know anything about. Uh, but I thought for our show and where we try to anchor it more in the video game development side, this part of it made sense. Um, what's, of course, uh, needs to be said is that this is literally the tip of the iceberg. As Jason talks about in his article, right, uh, starting on Friday, all of these allegations started coming up, uh, victims coming out, survivors coming out, telling their stories, right? And that has resonated throughout the industry, even before Ashraf happened, right? Ubisoft had a couple of folks uh, implicated. Insomniac uh, was taken to task recently by one of its ex-employees about not making it uh, safe or a place where women could succeed. Uh, I know, Tim, I, we're catching up. Obviously, it's been busy around here. Uh, yesterday, you, you guys addressed the IGN stuff, right? Uh, we had, well, some of the IGN stuff. There was a lot sure. of IGN stuff, and a lot of it happened after uh, we mm. were on the air, including the um, stuff against Fran and, and yep. other people. Um, it's hard to talk about all this stuff, but we are talking about all of it. Uh, yesterday on Games Daily, we talked specifically about Mitch Dyer's thread um, calling about, out Steve yeah. Butts and uh, Tal Blevins uh, in relation, and Casey Lynch as well, in relation to um, the Naughty Dog stuff. Um, yeah. Because I feel like that was kind of the anchor for the news there, but that comes from all, all the allegations um, against them, the different ones that exist that uh, different um, men and women have presented over the last couple of days on Twitter. Of abuse and sexual harassment. Exactly. And then I, I do want to give a uh, uh, Shout out to uh, a required listening, honestly, uh, if you're listening to this right now, of the Kind of Funny podcast we recorded yesterday mm. that is live now on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny, where we go a lot further into the IGN side of things because we were there um, during some of this, um, or at least there are, we, we know these people, you know, um, and I think that we kind of get into our perspective on all of it and, you know, we try our best to call out the 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 wrong because there's a lot of wrong going on yeah um, well yeah so let's get into that a little bit right so the wrong Sean uh, which is as, <laughs> not he did not expect I'm sure us to piggyback off the wrong before that I uh, wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games says good morning uh, Greg and Tim long time lurker first time writer so this is kind of heavy in light of the recent revelations regarding toxic masculinity and sexual harassment in the games industry i want to ask as not only a gamer not only a listener and reader of gaming reporting sites both big and small but as an ally what can i do to help what can us fans do to make the hobby we love the industry that makes it all happen a safer better place for people of color women lgbtq and well everyone i feel powerless reading the tweets listening to the victims but not knowing how to help I truly value your insight and hope both industry insiders and fans can come together and make gaming culture a real beacon of light in this dark time. Thanks for everything you do. Apologies for the lengthy message. The wrong Sean. Never apologize for a lengthy message. I'll I'll edit you down if you have to be, right? <laughs> what I want to do before we go any further is read the letter we put up is kind of funny on Monday morning so you know where we're standing in this and what we're trying to achieve, right? So on Monday, uh, we posted at 9 a.m., uh, a, a letter across all social medias, uh, Patreon, Reddit, Facebook, our own uh, thing here called To the Community. When we started our journey is kind of funny. One of the first things we said on January 5th, 2015 stream was that we expected what we expected of our community. Namely, if you're going to be a jerk, we don't want your view, subscription, or money. And this isn't a place for you. Over the years, we've never wavered from that stance. But we also haven't been as vocal about it as we should have. This weekend, a number of abusers across multiple industries were outed by their brave survivors. A few of these abusers had at one time been part of the Kind of Funny community. This started a number of conversations about how we at Kind of Funny aren't doing enough to support the members of our community who aren't straight white males. We want to be better, and that starts with being clear about who we are and what our expectations are for our community. Kind of Funny is a community for everyone who wants to celebrate games, movies, and Oreos while remembering and respecting uh, their fellow community members. If you don't believe that black lives matter, that trans lives matter, that all genders are equal, that racism is fucking stupid, that LGBTQ plus rights are human rights, and that it's our duty to be better to each other and make this world a better place, Kind of Funny is not for you. But believing isn't enough. Being good to each other comes with action. That means not attacking each other in comments when you disagree. That means not harassing women in our community. And that even means calling out others 
I mean, calling out others when you see this kind of bad behavior in course correcting. This is a rallying cry to all kind of funny fans. This, I'm sorry, the time for us to be silent and not feed the trolls is over because our silence looks like we don't support the targeted community members and that we accept the toxic parts of our community as our community. We do not. This letter alone won't fix things overnight. We all need to work together. Even more importantly, listen to each other. Engage in discussions about this topic, but check your defensiveness at the door. Listen, emphasize, <laughs> empathize, and act. Hold on, hold on. I Go back, because I think this part's really, really important to have totally... This letter won't fix things? Huh? This letter won't fix things overnight? Start there? Yeah. This letter won't fix things overnight. We all need to work together and, even more importantly, listen to each other. Engage in discussions about this topic, but check your defensiveness at the door. Listen, empathize, and act. That's what we're doing on this side of the screen, as well as talking with and working alongside of the mods in our community-run channels to make these spaces, these spaces feel open and welcoming to everyone. That's how we support each other like best friends would. If you need concrete examples how to do this, this thread has some great starting points. Of course, it's linked wherever you'd get it. Let's be better, be better together, the kind of funny crew. That's where we are. And I think wrong, Sean, when you're popping up of like, you feel powerless, we all feel powerless, right? Like, I, and again, I'm not going to rehash the whatever it was, two-hour podcast we did of the Let's Talk thing because if that, that's just me, Tim, and Nick talking about all this and sharing our feelings. But like, wrong, Sean, you feel powerless. I mean, how do you think I feel? You know what I mean? Of like, I was at IGN when a lot of these things were happening and did not know they were happening and didn't have them. Not that I'm, I, was the, I'm, I wasn't the boss or HR or something, but like, Obviously, I would have stood up for my friends in these things. That's what yesterday and over the weekend and even before that one, what Jack DeRiza tweeted, that's what my text messages have been. Those are what my conversations have been, is apologizing for not being there. And the thing that keeps coming back and why I think this movement right now is so important, what keeps coming back up when I talk to the people I feel like I let down is they, them saying, no, you were great. You were awesome. I didn't feel comfortable or empowered enough to say that this was be this line was being crossed and that you know we talked about uh we mentioned the fran thing yesterday yesterday uh tina uh, uh sanchez uh formerly of one up uh formerly of ign formerly of infinity ward now good at, friend uh, so of all of us good friend of all of us sony santa monica put up a thing that was basically like hey like i'm i'm paraphrasing here but basically hey like it's not cool to be told that you know you're not pretty enough to be on camera and uh to, is to see somebody to, and I've yelled at an, uh, the same guy for saying Naomi should wear a push-up bra and put up makeup and then she followed up to that tweet and said basically what I'm saying at Fran Mirabella is it's more about it's more than just being pretty totally paraphrasing all that right and for that to be between Fran and Tina two people we consider friends that are our friends right was I mean that rocked my world yesterday when I came off we have cool friends and the first thing I did right was hit up Tina and then we talked to her for a while and see what is going on and like what, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then talk to Fran about it uh, way later, I guess, after he had already talked to Tina. There, there's so much here, obviously, to unpack. And there's so, there is this scale, I guess, of what's happening, right? Like, obviously, every transgression is not equal. Not that they're not bad, though, obviously. But I think there's ways to handle it. For me personally, when you're talking about wrong, Sean, like feeling powerless, I'm feeling powerless for my friends who were sexually assaulted at IGN, right? And that I didn't know this was happening and I didn't understand this. And granted, some of it, was, and I think most of it, it was after we had left that part of it. The harassment and other stuff was while we were there, but you didn't see it that way. Um, anyways, I'm sorry for that. But to look at the Fran-Tina conversation from yesterday of Tina put all that out and then Fran called Tina and talked to Tina or maybe it was DM, it was, I forget, but they, he, they talked. And then Fran responded to it. It was like, hey, we talked and I'm sorry. Like, I don't remember doing that. I, that's not how I feel. That's not what I would have done. I'm sorry that this happened. Like, long and short of it, he wasn't making excuses. He's like, I hurt Tina. That's wrong. And I, w I will not do that again. And I would not do that again. And Tina, you know, said there, and I, I read it yesterday on the podcast that we did. That's already up or whatever. But she had a great response when I was talking to her before I even talked to Fran about this, where I was just like, like, what happened? Like, what do you, what do we do about this? And I was like, it was that thing where I was talking of, you know, I feel like I wasn't there for you. Like, what can I do for you? And her whole thing was, I don't want to cancel Fran. That's not what this is about. She said, all I want out of this is for people to know that if this kind of thing is said to them to stand up for yourself and know it's not normal for Fran, I just want to be happy and grow from it because we've all done dumb shit for me. And this example, and I'm not applying this to every example. That is what, we lose so many times on Twitter, on Reddit's when somebody said, here's something I say on a podcast and like, fuck Greg, I'm out. 
it's we all say dumb things. We all say the wrong things. You know, we were talking about it on the podcast yesterday of like, I am 100% aware that there are people out there who hate me for something I said that I don't remember saying that I didn't mean the way they took that hit on uh, a, a nerve for them that I had no idea was a nerve and that obviously I was too clumsy in how I crafted whatever message, whatever I was saying, whatever I was. It's the same thing here of like, yesterday, Tina put up her thing and there was this, oh my God, like, Fran would have done that and it was this immediate reaction of do from our own community of like what do we do with this like there's anger for it because we are the people who just put out this letter there's confusion over it because that doesn't sound like the man you guys know or we know and there's all this different stuff spun around in it but in the end what happened right is that pump the brakes they talk it out and figure it out right and then they get to come out together Tina responded to Fran's thing was like hell yeah good on you man like this is what it's all about like I think the takeaway for me wrong Sean in this example in so many of the other examples but in this example is when these things get reported it's about supporting the per- the survivor supporting the person who was harassed and talking to them and seeing like the empowerment here would have changed everything everyone needs to be able to it should should everyone should feel the ability and power that if someone crosses a line it isn't something you bring up 5 years later cuz you were afraid in that moment you know what I mean? I think the biggest thing here is that, especially, if, and I can, I guess I can only speak for me in our community and us is kind of funny, but like, it's what we talked about yesterday. Nothing that we would ever do that would offend you was meant to offend you, right? It's ignorance, it's stupidity, it's white privilege. And these aren't excuses, these are the realities of it. And so for it to be a whole, oh, hold, stop. Do you understand why that doesn't work? Do you understand what that was? And it would be, oh my God, no, blah, blah. I, I wish back in the day that when this happened with Tina and Fran, Tina would have been like, whoa, what the fuck did you just say? And then Fran could have clarified that, whatever he meant there, and then it wouldn't have been this thing later on, right? It would be an example, of course, in this whole conversation that, hey, we should not talk to each other this way. This isn't, you know, this is a gender bias. This is whatever. Uh, For me, that's a big part of it, is making it clear to people that you can't talk to people this way. And if somebody does talk to you, in the moment, talk it out, figure it out. Now, again, this is a specific example. If you're sexually assaulted, I want you to go report it to the police. I want you to go report it to HR. I want you to go tell people's bosses. I want you to make that thing. Basically, I think the whole thing here is empowerment. And I've rambled for a long time, Tim. Did I? Did I? Did I? Did I, I mean, hit? What? You're hitting a lot of great stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm. Are you done? I mean, you don't need to be. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I mean, like, I mean, like, it's the whole thing of like, this is a shitty situation, it and is. this is a, a shitty thing. And as much as it is painful. And emotionally draining for us, me and Tim, two white guys who haven't suffered uh, through this. It's way more painful for the survivors. And they are incredibly brave and should be applauded for coming out and talking about this. How we support them is making sure, as we said in the letter, we don't let this happen. You know what I mean? If we're talking about it on our own, uh, Sean, it is the idea that when you see someone, whether it be on Reddit, Facebook, when you see somebody in person make a comment, you're like, all right, and that's not really the thing. I know that's not what you mean. Like, right? That's not what you really mean. It goes back to everything I've ever said about my own personal growth in learning like what words are and aren't okay, uh, what perspectives are and aren't okay, or at least not even okay, uneducated. That would be the bigger thing about it, right? It's about totally. intent, as we've talked about so many times. Like, who's, what is the intent of what you're saying? If you're trying Listen, to hurt someone, then fuck empathize. you, number one. Yeah. Let's Listen know. and empathize. It's like that. That those words are so important here. Uh, to my answer to, to Rong Sean, just piggybacking off of you, Greg, is I really feel like we need to be very aware of triggering words and not focusing on the wrong elements of of all of this. We need to stop saying canceled. We need to stop talking about cancel culture. That's not what this is about. It's about accountability. It's about people holding themselves accountable for the things that they're being called out for, rightfully so. And I think that what Fran did and how Fran handled that is an example of of taking that accountability. Fran's not canceled. We're not canceling Fran. Tina was not canceling Fran. And I think that it's very, very toxic and very hurtful to kind of turn this into this witch hunt and turn this into this like immediately all of this stuff is a canceling, canceling, canceling. It's like, no. We need to look at all of this and we need to listen. We need to learn. It's what you just said. You don't know something's wrong until somebody tells you it's wrong and you get that perspective. And, and for the record, awful. we're talking about a very specific example here. Rape is wrong. You know what I mean? So, oh, you know, course. invading someone's person. Oh, I know, I know you know but, that, but, but, and I know, but you know how things get taken out of context. Totally. But what I want to say there is like, but we learned that. We know that at some point in our life, very early on, we learned rape is wrong, right? And it's like, 
that is obviously such a very different thing than than certain words, but like words have have weight behind them and have meaning. And there's these positions of power and these concepts that are sure. harder to understand and harder to be educated on. And that's where the listening and empathizing comes into play. And I just think that like we need to give people the the opportunity to grow and you need to judge them based on their growth. Um, and again, not all things are created equal. And I, I hope that I'm being very clear here that it's what I'm calling out is the the commodification of turning this into a drama that we get to sensationalize and like tear people down. And I mean this both ways. I mean this for the people coming out and that um, the vitriol that's thrown at them um, for speaking their truths is it's disgusting and it's not how we should be handling this. Like that is not okay. And then the other side of like allowing people to kind of talk things through and hopefully handle it the correct way. And the sad thing is oftentimes they don't handle it the right way. You know, they handle it in a very poor fashion that results in this cancel culture that kind of just leads to to more mistakes and more mistakes. Everyone needs to listen. Everyone needs to know they've made mistakes in their life and they need to be accountable for it. It's about accountability. And that, to me, I think is the most important thing here that immediately goes out the window when it turns into this, who's canceled now conversation. It's not about that. Agreed. So... Long is short, Sean, and everybody listening. Be better to each other. Be respectful to each other. Listen to each other. And if you can't do that, get the fuck out. We don't want your sub. We don't want your view. We don't want your money. If you just want to be an asshole here, if you just want to like dunk on people nonstop, I wish, I hope you find what you're looking for. Number two on the Roper Report, a new Pokemon game is announced, and man, Tim is excited. Steve Watson <laughs> GameSpot writes, uh, the Pokemon Presents live stream bought, brought with a single announcement that brought with a single announcement that was focused on the full duration of the event. The Pokemon company announced a brand new game called Pokemon Unite. Uh, the team-based cooperative MOBA game is being developed in cooperation with Tencent and developer uh, Timmy Studios, uh, which was responsible for Call of Duty Mobile. Uh, Unite will be free to play on Nintendo Switch and iOS slash Android devices and will support cross-platform play. No release date was given yet, but we did get a look at the gameplay. Here's what we know so far. Before we get into this, uh, Timothy, what did you think? You woke up early today. You were all bright. Oh, it's a big Pokemon announcement. You know, we missed uh, Snap. You were here to get in here. What did what, you think? So here's the context of all of this. They did a Pokemon Presents last week, um, and they didn't hype it up that much. They, they, they were like, oh, hey, we're doing this. There's going to be some Pokemon announcements. And um, I didn't expect too much from that. Um, and I do wish that we did a live reacts to it because Pokemon Snap came out of nowhere and was like, oh my God, that's awesome. And I would have loved Joey to have yeah. genuinely reacted to that. Um, but besides that, no major, like they talked about the DLC, which you already knew about. Like there was cool updates, but it wasn't like, here's the next Pokemon game. But in that, they teased that this week they were doing another one that's going to focus on a, the next big thing, their next big thing. It's like what they were saying. And uh, in the background, there was a bunch of Gen 2 Pokemon. Like, there was a lot of, like, obvious things that seemed to be teases. Um, sure. Fairly obvious teases leading us to believe that a let's go Johto situation would happen. Um, which So if, for, for you, Greg, it's like re essentially remaking gold and silver like yeah, they yeah. did for uh, red and blue. Okay. Um, so that was kind of like the foregone conclusion of what this was going to be. Um, and it wasn't that, which is fine. <laughs> it was something else. It was this MOBA. And... You know what? Look, this isn't for me. MOBAs are very popular. There's going to be people that like this game. There's going to be a lot of people that play it on mobile. This is a total... Look, Tencent is making a Pokemon game on mobile. We all know what that means. It is what it is. Money's going to be made. And the fact that this was its own presentation that was hyped up as the next thing um, in a Pokemon presentation that happened a week before, it's like, that's the problem. The game itself is like, it's whatever. This shouldn't have been its own event. This should have been part of last week's event. So it's like, I don't have a problem with the game. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. It's not you just me. don't think, because what I forget, what did they say? They said something that was going to be a big one, right? Or something like that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, they were teasing, like, like hey, next one, like, we're, we're, we're announcing a new game, like, a, a big thing. And it's like, this isn't that. <laughs> like, this, this isn't a big thing uh, for Pokemon fans. Um, this is a big thing for Tencent and a big thing for Pokemon Company, you know? And, like, sure, that's fair. Like, I get people can mince my words and, like, pull it up. I'll be like, oh, Tim, you overhyped yourself. No, I didn't. It's just, like, there's, a, there's expectations. <laughs> there's expectations, you know? Yeah. Um, and, like, to be clear, it's not like Pokemon uh, Let's Go 
Johto is going to be like the most hype thing to blow my mind. I want that game. I want to play that game. Gen 2 is my favorite. But this is this ain't it. <laughs> like this was like it just seemed extremely tone deaf to uh, announce the game this way. Um, and it, especially in a time when I feel like there's a more critical eye on E3 than ever, where it's like there is all of these different things. Why was this a separate event than the other one? It seems like Tencent just paid money and wanted it to be its own thing to have their own moment. And like that feels not good uh how battles work this is still from steve watts at GameSpot. uh the matches are 5v5 and take place on a moba like map split in two split in halves uh that represent your team each side is littered with several control points that can be used to score goals battles will take place in real time as you progress through the battles your pokemon will level up and learn new moves and each pokemon has a unique unite move but unlike standard pokemon uh there aren't type advantages the side that scores the most points by the end of the match wins Sonia, and I mean, you want. the other side is like, I, I just don't know if anybody wants this. Looking at it, it didn't look good. It didn't look fun. It didn't look graphically impressive. Like, yeah. and for them to spend 11 minutes talking about this thing that, like, really the audience isn't looking forward to, it's bizarre to me because if they had just spent th- two to three minutes in the other presentation alongside a bunch of other announcements, no qualms at all. Yeah, totally fine. You're just announcing a new game that's trying to broaden the brand. Pokemon's a very popular brand. People love MOBAs. There's a lot of money to be made. Totally get it, you know? But I just don't think that the the people kind of watching these presentations are looking for this. It, it reminds me a lot of an EA old school press conference where it's just like, cool, let's talk about mobile games for 45 minutes. And it's just like, that's you're missing the mark here. <laughs> <laughs> all right well we'll see what happens on that is there a release date on it i didn't see that in any of the stuff uh no there's not okay well so and i think more exciting news for you tim number three there's a halo transmission baron are we able to watch this slash listen to it uh halo on twitter of course at halo s- tweeted this morning signal detected and then put up a video uh that is just basically like what it's a ui or like a computer screen coming on and then we see a wave file and someone talking to us Barrett, are we able to see it? Listen. Perfect. I don't want to get into it. But obviously a tease for Halo Infinite, mm-hmm. uh, Timothy? Yep. Does Exciting this do stuff. it for you? Are you excited? When I mean, do we see it? What's happening? Well, yeah, I imagine we see it at the July event um, that ooh, Xbox ooh, is ooh. about to do. Um, while he's getting this ready, talking about Xbox, something that I've had on my mind for a bit is like, it's it's weird to me that they announced their Xbox 2020 program, which is like uh-huh. every month we're going to be bringing news about the Series X. They announced that in May and there hasn't been anything in June. Well, that's the thing. They've danced around it, right? And I shouldn't say dance because that's it. I thought the messaging was clunky where I thought, yes, at the end of the uh, May thing, it sounded like, oh, we're getting something in June, but then first party games in July. Yeah. But then it was Aaron Greenberg saying when somebody would call them on – or I think when it was Jeffy Grub Grub, when he said there was a delay to the thing in June, Aaron was like, there was no thing in June. And I was like, wait, I thought you said there was a thing. And like I understand like a thing being an event yeah. is different than just like news and updates, but it's like – Blog posts and stuff don't count because then this program's been happening since the dawn of time. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like to, to say mean. every month you're going to get something and it's like in July you're getting first party, in May you're getting third party and it's like there's going to be something different in June. It's like that can't just be blog posts that are not really having any information of consequence, you know? Yeah. Uh, but. All right, so let's listen to it if we can, Barrett. It's a minute and 14 long and you can see it too if you're a viewer. But, you know. Oh, sorry. Are you not ready, Barrett? I thought you were ready. While you do that, here's what I'm going to tell Tim. It's the weirdest thing, right? 37 years old, right? My entire life's been fine. I would say middle of last week, uh, tags on shirts started bothering me. Just out of the blue one day. My, bo- my, bo- my body's like, I hate these. And so now I have to- I'm not aware. I don't think about it until I feel them tickling well, me back there. I, I have something some to tell you, Greg. Sure. I care about you. you got to be careful tell? with this because you just ripped it off. And it was yeah. badass, and I want to give you props for that. Yeah. But it's really okay. easy to rip it off, yeah. and it yeah. totally rips your fucking shirt. So here's my thing is I have too many shirts. So the shirts that die doing that, that's just how God wanted them to go down. You know what I mean? I I, I still believe in natural selection. I still believe in Mm -hmm. uh, Darwinism. Mm -hmm. All right. The shirts that can't survive getting the tag ripped off, get out of here. Yeah. How are we looking? Be able to uh, let you guys listen. I I can show it. Uh, Just listening is a a different beast that I would have to completely set up uh, differently. Really? Yeah. OBS well, the key thing here fun. is listening. So yeah, okay. you know, I can play it on my phone into the computer. How about that? You want that, Tim, or do you want me just to read it? Because I can just read it. And be you like, can just read it. I think. 
Oh, fine. It's Barrett a radio transmission. Show, show the thing, and it was a guy. It, like, it, pl- it played for the audience for a little bit, so they got to hear how creepy and fucked up it was. So, all right. So uh, here's the man. I think people think this is Arbiter. Is that right, Tim? Is that the right thing that I've heard? Everything online? I'm seeing that, that that's what they're saying. All right. So here we go. The hour approaches. Forces occupy the ring. Within hours, it will be under our control, and humanity will burn. Their brazen defiance will be all but a memory. No more profits. No more lies. We stand together, brothers to the end. We are his will. We are his legacy. We are the banished. Okay, okay, so it's not the Arbiter. I don't know Halo. You still haven't played Halo with me, so I don't know Halo lore to tell you what the difference between Arbiter This is deeper into Halo lore than I expected um, them to be going with stuff. But this also is just a tease, so I think that this is kind of like a message to the, the hardcore fans to like get them all riled up for the July event that hopefully broadens the appeal of Halo back to um, the more traditional mainstream Xbox fan, you know? Yeah. Um, and hopefully even further. So that. here, Bishop Delicious in the chat says it's Atrox, maybe. Atrox, baddie of the Halo Wars or Halo Wars 2, which I had also seen on Reset Era. Sorry. And then somebody else said Atrocitus or whatever the fuck first name, Arbiter. And so then it's just all, it's all over the place. So there you go. They cool. think it's that guy from Halo Wars. Yeah, I'm not super up on the Halo lore stuff. Yeah, if it's from Halo Wars or Wars 2, I, I don't know that at all. Um, but this is cool stuff. I like it. Can't wait for more Halo. I really want to see what Infinite is because I'm, I'm hoping that it is kind of a, a revolution. And it doesn't need to be a totally different game. But I do think that it needs to be of a, a very high quality for this to matter. According to the Halopedia.org, Atrox is the powerful... Jeralini Warmaster, uh, who leads the Banished, a violent faction of ex-Covenant mercenaries and rogues. He originally fought on behalf of the Covenant, but was banished after thwarting his own execution. Damn. A deadly warrior and brilliant military leader, Atroxus, uh, inspired many others to join with him in exile. He's led the followers for over a decade, during which time he amassed a large amount of ordnance and material. And then that goes on and on and on. So it looks like he'll be the bad guy. Someone let me know in the thing. Is he the brute guy? I, people were shouting out brute, yeah, in the thing. Oh, so, were they? Yeah, I don't. What is that a class or what is that? Brutes are like a class. Uh, or a, someone yeah. was, someone was saying instead, Atriox or something. Before like that. long, before long, instead of uh, Atrox uh, remaining among the brutes as usual, they were only two human survivors. So brutes are mentioned in this post. Here we go. Uh, he finally killed the man, turned around facing a brute. Yeah, somebody Blam says just watch the Halo Wars two cutscenes. They're very good. Brutes are a species. Yes, I have seen the cutscenes. Like because they're they're the. They're always amazing looking. So anytime Halo Wars stuff comes out, I always just watch it. But it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. It's just more like, this shit looks cool. You're like, um, oh, this is cool. Let's go shoot shit. Yeah, I really kind of like the lore of Halo. I I lost after three. So, Tim, mm-hmm. what is the plan for me playing Halo all the way through with you? Because we were do originally going to do it, remember, and then the world ended. Yeah, the, the, exactly. the internet went down two days in a row. One day it was the internet, and the next day it was Xbox Live, and then a pandemic happened. Yeah, totally. Um, we're gonna do it. I don't. We don't have a plan exactly of when yet. I personally want to get through a lot of this uh, summer game mess situation. Sure. sure. Um, just because like so much things pop up randomly. Like this week went from like zero to sixty so quickly yeah. that our schedule is just totally full. And like I'd like to avoid having this do one week, skip a week, do it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah we want that, that stuff gets hard. Um, but I I am kind of interested in potentially seeing the reveal of Infinite. To get us all like, interested, and then taking you back to where it started, Greg. Oh, okay. You know, I think that might be a good a good idea. So, like, maybe early August. You know, play this, okay. and then you'd imagine November you'll be playing Halo Infinite. Sounds good to me. Uh, number four in the Roper Report, we have Skate and Apex Mobile Nuggets. Andrew Wilson did a fireside chat. Here's first, Matt came at IGN. During a fireside chat with investors on Monday, uh, Andrew Wilson from EA spoke about the surprise Skate announcement during EA Play Live event last week. He revealed that the announcement broke EA's Twitter engagement record, showcasing the enthusiasm for fans for a new Skate game. Quote, you take a game like Skate, and while skateboarding in and of itself is tremendous appeal, has tremendous appeal to be huge, global audience, uh, there's another secular trend that's happening inside our industry around user-generated content, open world, and interaction. Uh, back to Matt. While the new Skate game is still very early in development, Wilson's comments highlight some potential directions for the new Skate title. Players can likely expect customization options and possibly a chance to fill the open world with user-generated content. Surprising to you, Tim? Uh, no, not at all. That's been the that, focus of skate. It's good stuff. It's cool. Right. Will Skate 4 be great or will it be Beer's Edge Catalyst? Which is not a bad thing. But it's not it's a kind great of a bad thing. thing. It's kind of a bad thing. 
Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But that was the thing I always remember about playing Skate is that they were way ahead of the game, I thought, in terms of like, oh man, something cool would happen. You would make a video clip and upload it inside of Skate to the Skate mm-hmm. servers that you could share with other people. Like, I know that sounds so silly now because we have share buttons and everything else and everybody's just throwing their crap on YouTube. Uh, but back in the day, that was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. What a cool idea. I mean, they nailed what skate culture is. It's like that. That's kind of what I think skate skate did as a franchise um, compared to Tony Hawk. Like Tony Hawk obviously put all this shit in the map. And I feel Tony Hawk made more gamers skateboarders, whereas yeah. skate made more skateboarders gamers. Oh, and, I like what you it, did there. It, it was more the like the the obviously the more realistic stuff, but it's also it was the culture of it all. And Tony Hawk, I'm not trying to say that didn't have the culture. Like the soundtracks alone gave so much culture to a whole generation but i think that skate took it a step further of kind of bringing in that kind of home video skate video share your your videos with your friends of like nailing tricks and stuff like that's real skateboarding especially in the, the era that it was coming out and representing um but what does that look like in 2020 like or beyond <laughs> 2020 yeah exciting stuff very cool real quick and I don't like to do this often on this show, but as I've mm. said before, now that I have all these screens in front of me, I can I can monitor the chat and see what's going on. Perhaps the most offensive thing ever said in the chat has been said by Kebabs on TV. Catalyst is better than the original Mirror's Edge. No question. That's Kebabs on TV, everybody. I'm just going to leave that out there. The chat can discuss what the I'm, fuck he's talking about. Tim? I, Tim. I, oh, Tim. I'm not going to say it's better. But I am going to say that uh, Mirror's Edge, the first one, never isn't as good as its potential or its memory. I think the idea of Mirror's Edge is way better than what that game actually is. Before we burn it all down, let's move on to your second tidbit here. Uh, Adam Bankhurst at IGN caught this one. According to EA CEO Andrew Wilson, Apex Legends is scheduled to soft launch on mobile devices by the end of 2020. That's it. That's a nugget. Nothing really discussed. Good for them. Go get them. Uh, however, Tim, number five on the Roper Report, let's meet the we new Tony Hawk. Yesterday. Damn it, really? Yeah. My apologies. I was going to okay. do the new Tony Hawk things, the thing. It's hard to yeah. keep up with everything. The, the real you, news here, Greg. I mean, obviously, yeah. having the, the new skaters is really cool and stuff. But the sure. real news is that we're getting the warehouse demo August 14th. Ooh. Let's go. Did you have that yesterday or is that new? Uh, we said that yesterday. That was part oh, okay. of the same press release. But gotcha. um, it's very exciting stuff because the, I, the thing I want to know most about this game is how does it feel? It needs sure. to feel right. Because you know what didn't feel right? Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. You know what else yep. didn't feel right? Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD. We need this to feel right. Tony Hawk game has not felt right to me since Tony Hawk American Wasteland. I want to hold, Preach. I want to I play this game and I want to feel like Tony Hawk. Totally. Real quick, I'm looking at the new eight skaters. One of them is Riley Hawk. Is that Tony Hawk's kid? It is. Sweet Jesus. How old is Riley Hawk? Well, in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4, Greg, you could play as Riley Hawk, where he was like a nine-year-old boy. Now, he's a grown-ass man. Born 92. That means he's 27. First off, that's fucked up when you think about it that way, too. Because I'm, yeah, you know, I still think I'm young, but I'm not young. Wow. Can he do a 900, too? No, not quite. Can everybody do a 900 now? Is that something mm-hmm. like... It's still a big deal. Somebody at some like, point... Michael Jordan a, a slammed a basketball for the first time. That was a big deal. But then now everybody can... I'm, everybody's out there. Tom Hawk Johns is socked, and he's dunking all the time on the Jazz. Yeah. Uh, number six on the Roper Report is a weird one, but a fun one. PlayStation has announced the PlayStation Bug Bounty. At, this is from the blog. At PlayStation, we are committed to providing gamers all over the world with great experiences. I'm happy to announce today we have started a public PlayStation Bug Bounty program because the security of our products is a fundamental part of creating amazing experiences for our community. We believe that through working with the security research community, we can deliver a safer place to play. We have partnered with HackerOne to help run this program. And we are inviting the security research community, gamers, and anyone else to test the security of PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation Network. Our bug bounty program has rewards for various issues, including critical issues on PS4. Critical vulnerabilities for PlayStation 4 uh, have bounties starting at $50,000. Today, we have, to date, we have been running uh, our bug bounty program privately with some researchers. We recognize the valuable role that the research community plays in enhancing security, so we're excited to announce our program for the broader community. Uh, we have carefully considered what issues will be uh, in scope at this time. You can find more on the information on the Hacker One page. Uh, all Greek to me, of course. I don't know how to hack mm-hmm. anything, but awesome. You know, I think that's a really cool thing as you gear up for next gen, especially as, you know, we all remember the PlayStation uh, PSN outage of whatever the hell PlayStation 3 years. We're talking about bug bugs here. We're not talking about bugs next. Don't do it. 
I didn't all say right. snacks. Greg, didn't can you snacks. can you ask Jen if bug snacks are a part of this bounty at all? Barrett, I would prefer if you just don't talk until you're talked to. All right. <laughs> I don't know why you're coming in here. I, is, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Is Barrett. it Friday? Night? Am I at the Laugh Factory? Is Barrett Courtney on stage? All right, come on. Doing a serious show out here. I will not be silenced, Greg. <laughs> Tim, I'm excited to see what kind of bug bounties they get to bring up over on the PSN, but that's so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Out today, Mr. Driller, Drill Land on Switch, Tower of Time on Switch, Observation on Xbox One, The Almost Gone on Switch and PC. Keen, One Girl Army on PC and Mac. Uh, Brigadine, The Legend of Runercia on Switch. Blair Witch on Switch. Gosh, I can't imagine that runs well. Uh, the Messenger on Xbox One. Uh, Midden Tower, Switch. Uh, Grimshade on Switch. Polid Saga on Switch. Towaga, Among, the Shad- Among Shadows, Switch. Urban Trial Tricky on Switch. Pachi Pachi on a Roll on Switch. United on Switch. The Forgotten Land on Switch. Iron Wings on Switch. Uh, Poop Die Chapter 1 on Switch. Sorry, what? <laughs> Poop Die Chapter 1 on Switch. Huh. Uh, Collar Cross Malice Switch. Uh, truck uh, and Logistics Simulator Switch. God Hates Us on PC. Huh. Uh, Mert Tales uh-huh. of the Cold Land, PC and Mac. And then Holy Potatoes, what the hell is now available on Nintendo Switch? Uh I'm going to do one thing. I like to fact check myself sometimes. Did I put down? There's a lot of Switch games on here. And it's been, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on in my life right now. You know, did I screw this up? Did I, is, did I, because there's so many Switch games. Did I put Thursday's games in today? Because today's Wednesday, right? Today is Wednesday. Yeah, I fucked that up. That was too many Switch games. I knew it. Uh, everybody remember that for tomorrow. Today's games are Night Call on Xbox One Switch, uh, Octonaut on Xbox One, A Summer with the Shiba Inu on Xbox One, uh, Ninjala on Switch, Firefighters, Airport Heroes on PS4, uh, Art Venter on Switch, Holy Potatoes, what the hell on Switch, uh, No Frills, Klondike, Solitaire, PC and Mac, I Dream of You and Ice Cream on PC, Rival Stars, Horse Racing, Desktop Edition, PC and Mac. Sorry, everybody. That's on me. Some of you, everybody. Screw that up. I apologize. Love you all. Um, new dates for your Project Cars 3 is coming out on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC August 28th, 2020. Meanwhile, deals of the day. Xbox Game Pass has a few new additions for you. Um, all of them are... No, that's not right. Uh, so... The one that's coming to console and PC is Observation. That comes out June 25th. The rest of these are just console. It's Night Call, June 24th. Uh, Streets of Rogue, uh, June 25th. And The Messenger, June 25th. As we said yesterday, or in the last thing that I fucked up. Remember, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Uh, it's time for reader mail. Sorry. Tim, you got something to say? I'm just saying things. Oh, that's fine. That's what you're here for. Uh, remember, you can write into patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, Greg Way, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Purple Mattress. Technology has approved just about everything. Phones, cars, shopping, yet mattresses have been more or less the same since the invention of sleep. But we deserve better. And finally, the mattress has evolved thanks to Purple. The secret to Purple is the Purple Grid. It's a patented comfort-safe technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. Purple is for every body, no matter where or how you sleep. Purple is designed with over 2,800 open-air channels and naturally temperature-neutral gel. You'll never sleep too hot or too cold. The Purple mattress is soft where you want it, firm where you need it, and comfortably cool all over. It's truly a mattress that does it all. Uh, kind of funny, of course, loves Purple mattress. Why, Tim? I love their pillow so much. It never, ever gets hot, Greg. And you know how much that means to me. I need things to be cool in my bed. You never need to flip it even. It just stays cool. There's this like technology they have with the with the purple grid. I the think channels, is what they call yeah, it. Yeah. And uh, it's fantastic. It's a nice weighty pillow. And it 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 I went from being a two pillow guy my entire life. Now one pillow. Wow. This pillow. So it's like it's like soft and stuff, and it's like po- is it is it's it firm? Perfect. Is it okay? It's firm. I like I like we firm, need new pillows. Like, I need to look into this. I'm telling you, man, it's worth it. Right. It's fantastic. You, you can count on resting easy night after night year after year because the ultra durable purple grade won't sink or lose shape uh they're so confident in what they do they offer uh free shipping and returns and a risk-free 100 night trial experience the next evolution of sleep go to purple.com slash games and use the promo code games for a limited time you'll get 150 dollars off any purple mattress order of 1500 dollars or more that's purple.com slash games promo code games for $150 off any mattress order of $1,500 or more terms apply. 
Timothy. Yeah. I got a question for you here. What's your question? Kiso writes in to patreon.com slash games just like you can and says hello. I hope all is well. I just got done listening to the latest PSI Love You XOXO with a question regarding, regarding Crunch and Naughty Dog. Part of the question was, is Crunch worth it? I don't want to be little video game crunch, but most jobs have crunch. I'm an accountant for a large corporation, and every quarter we have crunch and are encouraged heavily to do overtime in order to make some numbers, uh, to make some numbers are good, make sure some numbers are good uh, before the quarter is over. Prior to that, I've worked in customer service where mandatory overtime became a requirement every week in order to serve our customers so our numbers look better. Greg mentioned how he's crunched for work, uh, parentheses, worked more than is healthy, uh, to ensure kind of funny and IGN success. I just want to know what makes video game crunch different than other jobs. Uh, It's possible without that crunch, those games wouldn't be as successful as they are. Just like how kind of funny is successful because of the extra hours the crew puts in or, or my job is able to maintain the portfolios we have because of the crunch we do uh, at quarter close, which keeps us employed. Sorry for the long read. Well, never be sorry, Kisa. I'd edit if you wanted to. Uh, Tim, what do you think separates video game crunch from working in crunch at other jobs? I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't think there is a difference. I think that crunch is, is wrong and bad across all boards. The thing is, I, I feel like working long hours and having uh, uh, you know some times where you're working harder and longer than normal is sometimes just required. It's all about planning and it's all about making sure that you have a team that is supporting it and making sure that everyone's looked out for and their, their mental health and their physical health and all of that is being taken care of. And that's a hard thing to accomplish. Um, in any field, really, they're talking about accounting here. I have many friends who go through the same thing where it's like the when the quarters are happening, it's like even though it's Christmas time and New Year's and all that, it's like they cannot do anything. They are working for the last two weeks of the year straight to close out all of the um, end of the quarter sure. financial stuff. Uh, but that's just an expectation of that type of job. But I feel like even there, I know a lot of them um, get compensated with a lot of different things, whether it's time off or uh, guaranteed breaks or you know all the things to, to help. Uh, mediate all that stuff. And I think when it comes to, to video games, um, it, it's this is a similar thing to all the other stuff we've been talking about. It's important to listen and it's important to kind of um, understand that like, hey, the way things are going is not okay. We need to fix it. We need to call out these problems so that um, the, these teams, whether it's Naughty Dog or Insomniac or, or anybody down even to the indie devs, are taking this into consideration. Being like, oh my God, this really is something that we need to take a hard look at ourselves and act differently going forward yeah uh in general right crunch is bad taking you away and making you work long hours and doing these things as we talked about at length on ps i love you where i would encourage you to go listen number one because we make it and we like when people listen to the products but we talk in greater detail there i think of you know what are we talking about exactly when we're talking about crunch or i i in bad video game crunch i'm always thinking i guess really bad video game crunch i'm thinking of forced crunch you need to do this all hands on deck this is what has to happen kind of thing versus i'm going to work really hard on my my own deadline my own project or i want to come in on my own time and do that like there's so many different parts to it i don't know the difference yeah kiso to your point again i've never worked in a video game development studio and i've never worked at an accounting firm to talk to about how that would work i would think it would be the fact that from what it seems like with video games, crunch is when you're coming up to a major milestone, like an E3 build or an E3 presentation kind of thing. And then it's also when you're trying to ship the game or just get to the next milestone. That could be just for, you know, showing the game to PlayStation or Xbox or depending on what it is. And I feel that becomes a different thing. But then it also is, it, this is, I think, a lot in a lot of ways tied to what we're talking about in terms of empathy and accountability and how you act at work, whether it's about uh, you know uh, equality or whether it is about this, and it's about the example you set and it's about the actions you take, right? You know, I think you can talk about like, all right, cool, it, you know, Crunch really came into view. No, I shouldn't say really came into view for Red Dead Two, right? Crunch really came uh, up when it was that the whole Dan Hauser was in that article, not bragging but kind of bragging about we worked a hundred hours a day a week making the script here or whatever, blah, blah blah. And then he had to walk it back and do all this different stuff, saying, "Well, it was just me and the writing team, but it, it was just this one time and yada yada yada." But it's the argument that if you're the figurehead, if you're the leader of a company and you're you're working a one hundred hour work week that trickles down into the heads of everybody else when they see you at your office not leaving. They feel guilty leaving, right? You need to have that healthy balance. You need to be the example. And I think that, again, people learn and grow from their mistakes. And you would hope that as this crunch culture continues to get elevated and, again, sexual harassment continues to get elevated or just how we talk to each other continues to get talked about, you get to this point where you have those real moments where you reflect on your own 
things you've done, whether for us it's what we've said on a podcast or what we've done before, and you go, fuck, that was fucked up. And we talk about it on the podcast like we just did. Or it is the fact that you're studio head X at whatever studio, and you're like, oh, there's no crunch culture here. Everybody loves working this late. And then you do that thing of like, wait, fuck, I like working late or I'm working late, so they all feel like they have to work late. And those are that like... These are all yeah. complicated issues that the the way we fix them is by talking about it and then taking action. Totally. And you know, it's it's about accountability. And I think that people in positions of power uh, do not just have the, their job. They also have the job of looking out for the people that they are responsible for. And that's something I pride our, ourselves on a lot uh, here at Kind of Funny, where it's like we try our best just off the get-go of looking at the calendar and making sure nobody's being overworked on any specific day, whether that's being on camera or running shows. This week's a perfect example where we looked at it and it was like, man, with all these 6 a.m. Pokemon presentations and Avengers things and the normal shows we have to do, Kevin's yeah. going to be doing a lot. That's why Barrett's running the show right now. It's we, And that required us to <laughs> like take time out of our days to get him set up to be able to do that and like yeah. make investments that allow us to make sure that the team is running um, optimally, uh, even if it's, it complicates the the process a little bit but looking out for that is important then on top of that it's about talking to people and making sure that they're not feeling overworked even if on paper they're not being overworked it's it's about feelings it's about how you know the team is is dealing with their their health their mental health their all of it and i think that it's it's very important and i know that we're lucky that we're a small team so we're able to have this a bit more of a one-on-one um type situation but um, I, I don't think that that should should ever change. No matter how big you get, there needs to be people responsible for looking out for this type of thing. Because once yeah. you get to a certain size, then cool, you need to hire people that are only doing this job because it's that important. Ladies and gentlemen, none of you wrote into squad up, so there's no squad up. But of course, there's you're wrong if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. You have a special job. It's to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up um the first one here is nanobiologist who i don't think this is a your oh here we go uh it is maybe kind of let's see let's jump in nanobiologist uh, puts out phil spencer commented on the playstation 5 event during game lab live phil uh this is phil like uh, like dialogue right i'm just being honest i'm just being honest it felt good I, i felt good after seeing the sony show I think the hardware advantages that we've built will show up as we are talking more about our games, frame rates, and other things. I feel good about July and the gameplay we are going to be showing there. Okay. It's a good quote. I think it's more interesting than a you're wrong, I think. Um, interesting. We should start. This is interesting. I got a funny talk. Azolo? Azolo. We're going to say Azolo. Uh, the great PlayStation outage was in 2011, Greg. Thank you very much. Um... Uh, D Block says, from PSI Love You yesterday, you guys were talking about the EA statement that you can't do the free upgrade if you buy the discless PS5. I don't think we were, but I'll let it ride. Uh, that's incorrect. The article uh, that was from says that if you buy the disc for PlayStation 4, you won't be able to upgrade to the digital on PS5. But if you have the digital on PS4, you'll be fine to upgrade to the digital on PS5. Okay. Uh, I want to read one of these if that's okay, Greg. Sure. Uh, somebody wrote in that's obviously trying to troll here um, and says, the, Tim sexualized women for profit. Tim needs to stop uh, acting like he's above it all. Uh, to be clear, I want to say this. like the, You're referring to the Disney princess stuff um, and how in the original Game Over Grady show intro, it, like there was Panda Musk animated me with the Disney princesses and like all that was funny and like good-spirited. But then I look back and it's like, that wasn't a good call. Shouldn't have done that. You know, and to me, it's about growth and it's about learning from your mistakes and and listening to people and empathizing. And I've heard over the years that it's not about offending people there. It's just that people are like, hey, man, like that's it's not a good look. And I'm like, you know what? Now in 2020, I look at that. It's not a good look. I won't do that. I don't do that anymore. And I think that my actions should speak for that. And I think that, again, listening to the podcast we did yesterday is extremely important. It's about accountability. We are holding ourselves accountable. We're not saying we're perfect. We're not saying we didn't make mistakes. Mm -hmm. We need to look at our mistakes and uh, grow from them and and prove how we've grown, grown from them and continue to do that and stand by that. Yeah, that the the you read the name right, and then but then the the other thing is like uh, we need to stop acting like we're above it all, which I think is a a take from someone who's not actually consuming the content. Um, I would like to think that I'm 
very uh, forthcoming about all of my mistakes and growth processes. But again, that's exactly what this podcast, uh, Kind of Funny Podcast, is up right now. YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny and podcast services around the globe is all about. Again, ladies and gentlemen, no one is perfect. This is not about being perfect. This is about being better. And this is about mm-hmm. getting better. And that's about listening to people, understanding what they're saying, and then taking that to make yourself a better person. That's what this is all about. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a post show to do on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. But thank you so much for watching. Remember, this is kind of funny games daily. Each and every week, on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. You can watch live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. You can watch later youtube.com slash kind of funny games. You can listen on podcast services around the globe or just go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. You can get it with the post show we're about to do. And of course, you can submit your questions, comments, and concerns. Plus, you get Bless Away for free, a show we do only on Patreon. It's not called Bless Away anymore. Bless up, right? Mm-hmm. He ripped me off and he changed it, but it's locked in. Can't undo it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we got a post show to do, but until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.